Making my way through the hood, sipping this yak. Niggas about to get blown with the Mac. Black it, 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 it. Oh, black it, 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 it. Riding around the block with the Glock. Yo ass finna get shot. That's the silencer. That's the grenade launcher. I'm finna kill you. I'm finna drill you. And now you bleeding. Hey, hey, hey. And a happy Tuesday to everyone. This is Schwim. The 100 Air, I've decided to label myself. I will change the moniker as I slowly and painfully climb my way f- from obscurity into multi-millionairehood. So I'll be sure to let you guys know when to start looking for me under the new Thousand Air. Um, I think it's only been about a week since I talked to you last, which is uh, scarily regular. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, first off, if you haven't heard it already, go to YouTube and look up Skinbone 100 Miles for that uh, fantastic song that was uh, used on the intro. And spoil alert, will be used to get you out of here as well. Um, I think it should be the new gangster rap. So uh, give it a listen. I'll wait for you. The video is even better than the song, if that is at all possible. Okay, now that you're back, let's get started. All right. I would like to speak. All right, if you listen to that and you don't feel incredibly dirty and the urge to go cleanse yourself, you would be the perfect target audience for something called ASMR videos. It is a uh, just a really, really strange uh, phenomenon right now. mostly on YouTube, where uh, people will watch videos of other people doing things quietly. And uh, for me, it's like watching a train wreck. I can't get through more than a few seconds of it before I have to close the video. Um, It is just, it's supposed to be is fantastic and by the way I apologize for the uh, construction noises outside that is so uh, anti ASMR anyway um, these videos are produced by people who apparently uh, didn't get the memo that hanging out and uh, whispering to each other for hours on end is uh, one of the creepiest things you can do uh, with your clothes on. Uh, But nonetheless, they're here and they're very quiet. Uh, So you might not notice them. But if you do notice them, um, it's it's pretty uh, interesting to to read up about it a little bit. Um, First off, uh, ASMR is supposed to stand for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. So um, if you go to theasmr.com, you will end up on a site that promotes it and tries to convince you uh, that there is a, a scientific basis behind it. Um, uh, Although, if you do go to the science behind ASMR page, uh, eventually towards the bottom, you will read where it, there is uh, there's really 
no scientific basis behind it, uh, but it's not their fault. It's because the, uh, the, the man's holding them down and not doing enough research on it. Uh, and then they explain some other things that 15 years ago would have been not recognized and considered weird. And so um, let me know if you want me to uh, whisper all of my future podcasts. And uh, if so, I will be happy to. You incredibly creepy individual. All right. Enough with that. I feel dirty and I need to move on. Um, from Oddity Central, a uh, seems a Chinese family is taking some heat uh, on the internet for tattooing their phone number on their mentally challenged son's forearm. So the police found this boy and um, while trying to get him to explain to them where he came from and, and what was going on, they found a phone number tattooed on his forearm, which was the parents' uh, number. And uh, they, you know, they're taking some heat on uh, tattooing their their uh, their digits on the kid's arm instead of like you know I don't know inking it on their shirt or you know maybe tagging a baby pin on their sock or something, but that isn't what struck me as uh, somewhat humorous. Um, it's the fact that at one point their phone number changed. I'm assuming they moved or uh, something like that. And so they used the tattoo gun <laughs> to scratch out the previous phone number and put the new number underneath of it. So as this child grows older, I, I, I hope there's not a lot more moves in them um, because I can only imagine uh, as you run out of, of forearm, like where these numbers start migrating towards um, but, you know, I think I could, I, I do applaud them for wanting to keep track of their child, but I do think there's better ways to handle that. Um, but enough of that. Also from Oddity Central, man legally changes gender to female for cheaper car insurance. So a Canadian man who claims he identifies as 100% male, legally changed the gender on his identification documents to female in order to save over $1,000 on car insurance. Hey, you can save $1,000 just by switching your sex. Uh, the Alberta man, identified only as David, uh, wanted to buy a brand new car and he knew the insurance costs were going to be high, um, as well as, um, or due to the fact that he was in his early 20s, had a couple accidents, tickets. Uh, but when the quote came in at $4,500 uh, for the year, he thought that was a little higher than it should be. Um, <clears throat> at one point, he asked the insurer what the cost would be for a woman in his exact situation and learned that his bill would be about $1,100 lower. So, as uh, any self-respecting uh, insurance-paying individual would do, um, he uh, at first asked the insurance company to change the gender on his auto policy. And uh, they were like, we can't do that. So David um, learned that it could be done, but he had to have the gender change on his birth certificate and driver's license, and then it would be reflected on the insurance policy. So he did that. Um, after doing the research, he figured out everything he needed to do. He got it done. Um, and all he had to do was just tell him that he identified as a woman or that he wanted to identify as a woman, and they wrote the letter and got everything changed up. Um, which, you look at this in a couple different 
ways. Um, and I'm sure that there's a uh, there's two major camps. One is go team, you know, and and a lot of that is probably uh, that they are uh, enjoying that uh, this this type of uh, issue isn't being dealt with uh, in the manner that people intended. You know, if you were uh, felt you were born in the wrong body and you wanted to change your what gender you identified as, um, you know, it 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 takes a back seat to wanting to get your insurance. Uh, premiums down. But on the other hand, you've got the people that are disgusted that that's what it's being used for. But um, I think it's a, a, a pretty good uh, like uh, indicator of how poorly things can go when you ask your government to regulate things like your uh, gender identity. Uh, and there's just, there's certain things that, that um, the, the law can excel at, and then there's certain things that no matter what you try, it's going to have a laughable response because there always will be a group of people uh, in that that can manipulate it for either the lulls or uh, to get less expensive car insurance, and I don't, I, I don't really have a uh, a side to fall on in regards to this, just because I've I don't understand. Uh, getting hung up on on who you, you uh, what sex organs you were supposed to be born with or who you want to have sex with it's it's not an issue I deal with so I can't really speak on on that front but I can say that asking uh, your government to manage and um uh, deem certain individuals uh, worthy of it and others not, um, it's going to end poorly. And it, you end up with bathrooms that either everybody can use or nobody can use, and you end up with people, you know, gaming the system for things like this and stuff. But, uh, you know, I I think the bigger picture here, though, is, is uh, how we're all getting screwed by the insurance company. Let's uh, let's let's take into account the fact that they now know so much about us that they can um, <laughs> they can get down to almost the penny on what it need what it's going to take for them to uh, continue to turn a profit while insuring you regarding or, or dependent on on what sex you are, what phone you carry, um, color your hair, stuff like that. So that's probably what we should take away from it. Um, and this was, this was pretty awesome. If only everybody would do this, it would really lessen the burden on that already taxed uh, legal system that has to now decide where you can use the head. Um, a man said that the FBI was blocking child pornography on his phone and then shortly afterward got arrested for child pornography. Um, this dude, 47-year-old Christopher Krutoff, filed a complaint against the FBI alleging that the agency was blocking his phone after he viewed child pornography on it. Um, on a related note, it says they weren't blocking it, that it, it, he had uh, gotten a ransomware virus on his phone, which had locked him out of it. So his complaint, um, he, he showed the police a photo of child pornography he had on his phone at the time of the complaint. The officers let them go and then got a warrant uh, to search his phone. 
So they arrested him. Uh, when they asked if he had any, any other images on his phone, he's like, oh, sure. And then handed over two phones with hundreds of porn image, child porn images on them. Uh, he also admitted that he had printed 30 pages of child porn from library pin printers across Connecticut, but disposed of them, unsure of whether it was acceptable to have them. Um, he stated that he has a problem and he just currently enrolled in therapy. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, like I said, if we could just get everyone to, to fall in line like this guy, it would really, it would make things so much easier. Um, which, let's get to another guy that really took, uh, took uh, crime and punishment into his own hands. And, and this guy was a little later than we would have liked uh, to handle it, but, but better late than never, I say. Um, a German serial killer known for inflicting violence on young women has claimed his final victim himself. Nathan Francis of the Inquisitor writes, Authorities said, Aegidus... Schiffer died after accidentally killing himself during a solo sex act in his prison cell. As the New York Post reported, the 62-year-old man suffered a fatal electrical shock while tying, tying a lamp cable around his penis and nipples. I can't even imagine how long those guys' nipples are, if, if you're able to pull that off. Ironically, Schiffer killed his victims in a similar manner strangling the young women he kidnapped after raping them. Um, so apparently it ended his life by sending a fatal electrical shock uh, to his heart. And uh, they, they go into a little bit more uh, detail with, uh, again, with, with winding it around his nipples. I just... I'm having a problem getting a visual image of that. Either super tiny cord or, or just nipples you could dial a rotary phone with. Um, so another, another guy that knocked it out of the park for his team, um, clearing the way for the rest of us law-abiding citizens. Um, let's see what we have. Oh, this, this is a pretty good one. Um, Trump tweets about shadow banning as conservatives rage against Twitter. So if you don't know, shadow banning is a method of soft banning someone. Like uh, an example, a completely unrelated example would be like a blowhard uh, reality television star that somehow became the president of, of the free world. Um, but it's what it does is uh, if 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 you were uh, a, a, a verbal uh, proponent using Twitter and you you were saying stuff that the the platform wished uh, you wouldn't say or or uh, it was even against their rules and regulations. A lot of times what these, these systems will do is uh, what's called shadow banning. So what it does is you post your tweet, you see your tweet on your, on your, on your wall, and for all intents and purposes, to you, it looks like you posted that tweet. However, everyone but you is unable to see it. Um, so it's like uh, it's kind of putting people into their own little silent container uh, so they can kind of continue uh, blurting this ridiculous bullshit uh, and then everyone else is kind of saved from it. And so you don't end up with uh, quite as much um, pushback because a lot of times these these people 
um, aren't smart enough to figure out that their their stuff isn't being seen. But um, Donald Trump is smarter than the average bear. He has figured out that that's what Twitter's doing for conservatives only, and with no sense of irony attached, has used the platform of Twitter to rail against Twitter for shadow banning conservatives. So Twitter had said like the day before that there was an issue with some of the people, uh, their feeds and being followed and that they were working on a resolution. Um, but, but as we all know, when stuff like this happens, um, it's, it's clearly a, uh, the forces are aligning against you. Uh, and, and uh, trying to suppress your uh, just, just absolute 140 characters of genius uh, that, that you keep lashing out on the uh, unwitting public. So uh, if you're f following Trump and you, and you don't hear from him for a few days, uh, it's the libtards at Twitter. Um, what's next? This one was pretty uh, kind of smarter than the average bear. A Thai man uh, faked his death on Facebook so he could con his family and friends out of funeral costs. And uh, this guy went so far as to have his widow uh, take photos of his body being prepared for burial. And uh, so um, they, they posted the, uh, the photos on, on Facebook and, and uh, the, the friends and family, some of them are like, this just, you know, this is terrible. I can't believe this has happened. And other people are like, I ate lunch with them yesterday. What the <laughs> so uh, it seems that if you're a little short on cash, you know, instead of using some of those uh, unscrupulous uh, money lenders uh, that you see the TV commercials on, you could just uh, hit up your family for some burial costs. Uh, and I, I, I do wonder what the follow-up for this is. Like, how long do you have to remain missing before you can show back up and uh, and spend that, that dough? Which, by the way, I believe it said uh, he, he made a, uh, I think, 1800 well, no, $1,800 in unrecoverable costs for the funeral they set up for him. Um, so I think if you are going to do this, you've got to commit and uh, you've, you've got to go into witness protection. And I don't know how much that costs. That may just make it all a wash financially. Um, so maybe not. Uh, maybe not. He uh, didn't delete any of the photos from his Facebook account and even appears to regret his actions replacing his wife's original caption with a short and honest one. Sorry for being so crappy. So uh, kudos to him for owning it. Um, here's an interesting one. Uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix uh, about the uh, artificial hiking of uh, pharmaceutical prices. So uh, you end up with a company that buys a, uh, another pharmaceutical company and then will take all of their product and just astronomically boost the cost of it. Um, so it was, um, let's see if I can find, um, this one was uh, Daraprim was one of them, which was a HIV medicine. They boosted the price from $13 to 750 a pill. 
Um, and then I, I imagine everyone heard about the EpiPen deal um, where they were going uh, $600, $700 uh, a pop for the pen. Um, well, Motherboard uh, did an article, um, Meet the Anarchists Making Their Own Medicine. The Four Thieves Vinegar Collective is a network of tech-fueled anarchists taking on big pharma with their DIY medicines. Um, the first time I encountered Michael Lofner, Lofer? Lofer. He was throwing thousands of dollars worth of homemade medicine into a packed audience at Hackers on Planet Earth, a biennial conference in New York City. Um, so he had asked, does anyone here suffer from anaphylactic shock and uh, not have access to epinephrine, those really expensive uh, EpiPens? And a uh, few hands went up, and he stuck a few EpiPens into them. And uh, those, those were pens that he and his crew had made themselves. And I got to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm going to uh, start uh, putting up Craigslist ads for uh, people to make my medicines. But what does it say for our society that um, things can get this out of hand, uh, the, the, uh, the private sector handling uh, the, the manufacturing of this and being completely unregulated and how they market it. Um, where have you you've taken a wrong turn that you've got uh, people making EpiPens in their basement or garage and handing them out at a conference? Um, it's it's uh, one thing to uh, to argue against um, socialized medicine, um, and there and and I can understand uh, some of the uh, arguments on both sides, but how about not allowing uh, pharmaceutical companies to kill you when you can't afford uh, the medicine that they sell? Um, I think we could all agree that uh, that maybe there needs to be some kind of mechanic in place that uh, doesn't allow uh, corporations to uh, withhold stuff from you if you are unable to uh, afford $750 a pill for something or uh, $800 pen to protect yourself from uh, anaphylactic shock um, but if you if you get a chance uh, look for uh, motherboard anarchists making their own medicine and you'll find the, the article and it's uh, it's pretty interesting and um, I don't know if I can let me look real quick yep there it is if you uh, have Netflix look for the documentary uh, take your pills and it also goes into pretty good uh, depth concerning um, the American government's inability and or refusal to uh, rein these guys in um, when they do stuff like this. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, let's see. Let's see what else we have read an article on a child who has never eaten a gram of sugar and um, I can't even imagine how tough that's got to be for a parent to keep uh, all added sugar away from a child that would uh, that would be incredibly tough to do unless you monitored them uh, their entire life anytime they were away from the house but um, it was pretty interesting to read, uh, and I can see the, the benefits of it. Um, but I do wonder uh, just the reality of keeping that up. Um, 
and like you end up with, uh, you, you know, you've heard the stories of like the preacher's kids being the worst behaved, like the the preacher's son or daughter turns 18 and they go out and they just become the, the just base human being, the worst of the worst. I just wonder if this child is at the age of 20 in college will be eating from a bag of Dixie granulated sugar for dinner. Uh, I guess time will tell. She looks like she's about five or so now, so we got a little bit of time before we answer that question. Uh, the Vox wrote that the government is secretly monitoring ordinary U.S. citizens when they fly. It's called Quiet Skies Program, and um, apparently at least one person who wrote the article is surprised that the U.S. government is monitoring people that have done nothing to uh, warrant um, closer and, and uh, more in-depth invasions of their life. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's apparently a, a system that they've put in place for um, monitoring and, and watching the American public um, not based on anything they've done or or any kind of algorithm that they've matched, uh, but just the fact that they exist and because we can. Um, so uh, another reason not to fly. I'm sure we're all uh, safer in our houses. Isn't that right, George, at the NSA? All right. Um, this also falls into the uh, fantastic presidency. Is uh, Trump uh, says he's okay with shutting down the government um, if they don't give him his wall? And uh, I don't have a lot to say on it other than there's a chance that it would be an improvement. Uh, to shut down the government like we should at least just try it like a trial basis see how it works and if life improves for the average American let's just run with it for a little bit like maybe we don't need any 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 subsequent uh, people to take control we'll just kind of nix it and see how uh, anarchy goes uh, yeah that's it uh, once Bill Wally's going to shut down the uh, government if he doesn't get what he wants um, let's see what else we have. All right, here we go. Um, luxury launches, which is a site I've never heard of, but apparently is like a celebrity related type of thing. Um, wrote an article, uh, the top 10 Instagram earners for 2018 and the money they make. So, I, um, I, I glanced through this, um, and it lists each of the people and what they're making per post. Um, so apparently we're going from most to least amazing. Um, you've got Kylie Jenner, who has 111 million followers, and makes on average one million per post uh, and then they explain the incredible stuff they do uh, to warrant that um, if, if you're not aware uh, we've we've turned uh, the 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 hurdle that you have to climb over for becoming uh, a celebrity is is pretty much as low as you can get now. You don't have to have done anything amazing or able to sing or play a child's game on a, on a field with a bunch of other grown men really well. Now, you can just exist and have family members that kind of pave the way for you money-wise and, and put you in these positions. So the, it, it, a good example of this is a person uh, with 111 million followers a million dollars per post um, 
So this picture of her is of her chewing on a hair care gummy vitamin bottle. And that is worth a million dollars, apparently, to the hair care gummy vitamin company. Um, next up, we've got Selena Gomez. Uh, 139 million followers, so take that, Kylie Jenner. But she's only making about $800,000 per post. Uh, and the picture of her is uh, in sweat gear sniffing her armpit. And that is worth $800,000 because uh, the Puma brand happens to be plastered in various spots on her body. So... And from there, it just can kind of continues on. Uh, we have three of the Jenner-Kardashian clan in here uh, in the top ten. Uh, we've got other fantastic things like Beyonce walking, uh, whipping her hair back and forth, holding a purse. Uh, we've got uh, Justin Bieber running because... He's a fucking health nut. Uh, a couple sports people. Um, but two things I want to say about this. First, I find it absolutely disgusting that we've ended up as a society in a position that you can do absolutely nothing and get paid millions of dollars for nothing more than posting an image and being an influencer. You've got, you've got yourself in a position to where just simply existing and uh, acting like you're chewing on a bottle of hair gummies uh, gets you uh, more than I will likely make in my lifetime. Secondly, I want to say Follow Schwim the Hundred Air on Instagram. All sponsorship offers will be entertained and responded to. Schwim the Hundred Air, Instagram. Check it out. All right. I think I'm 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 to my uh, to my uh, Luddite Tech Tips of the Week. Um, this will be like a twofer. Uh, and the first one is, uh, there was a Ars Technica article said, um, Snoopware was installed by 11 million uh, Android, iPhone, Chrome, and Firefox users. So uh, Snoopware is where we'll track things you type, visit, say, record, uh, things of that nature, and it will send it to someone that you didn't give any permission to have it. Um, so, um, and then they, they explain uh, some of the different apps that, that did this. Uh, and the way it works most of the time is uh, because uh, a lot of these um, app and uh, uh, extension uh, stores have kind of a, a high level of security when initially uh, vetting someone who uploads one of these uh, apps or extensions. It goes downhill pretty quick. Once you've proven yourself so it can kind of facilitate updates, they, they definitely get a lot more lax on what, what kind of checks go into your your updated apps and stuff? So what what company what what these uh, malicious actors have begun doing is they buy the extensions and apps and and stuff from from people who have established them. Then on a subsequent update, they inject all the nasty stuff in it, upload it, and then all these people who were using legitimate apps and extensions all of a sudden are housing, uh, you know, stuff that's recording everything they do and say and uploading it to some dude in Russia or China. 
Um, but it lists the apps. Um, but, but the bigger thing here is uh, if you don't need something on your phone, don't keep it installed. There's no, there's no benefit to having something installed on your phone when you're not using it. Even if it's a system app or something like that, if it allows you to uh, disable it, if you don't have any need for it, then go ahead and disable it. There's, you don't have to have all that stuff sitting on your phone. Uh, it, there's just no upside to it. It, it burns up uh, data as it updates and stuff. Uh, they run in the background a lot of times, uh, hurting your battery life and, and stuff like that. Um, so if you've not used something for a month, delete it. If you need it again down the road, just install it. You haven't lost anything. You know, it's still uh, just as easily installed down the road once you decide you can't live without it. Um, but it, that's the first thing. Secondly, um, it, it used to be said that you should always uh, download these things from official uh, Play Store, or Chrome Web Store, or Firefox extension market. But the reality is with stuff like this that that doesn't even keep you safe. Uh, read the reviews. Keep up on the re on the reviews. Make sure it's uh, it, it's not full of things like one star installed it and nothing happened or crashed the browser now I can't get rid of it um, you know just kind of pay attention try to do uh, just the stuff that has been vetted through more than anything else uh, users real experiences you will be able to decipher and determine or distinguish between uh, legitimate reviews um, and then the fake five-star works great, saved my life uh, reviews that usually get injected into these to give it a, uh, an aura of legitimacy. So pay attention to that as well. Um, and that's, that's my first leg. Second leg was uh, we're last couple of weeks talking about um, the, the, the downfalls of giving any one company too much information. Um, and, and I, I started thinking about it and I don't know if I've ever, uh, vocalized why I feel that's a problem. Um, if, if you read up a lot on, on the pros and cons of this type of thing, um, a lot of people will say one of two things. One, um, if if you're not doing anything illegal or something that you're not doing anything that you should be ashamed of, then what do you have to worry about? And number two, um, they're just using the data to build a better advertisement. So number one, why do you care? And perhaps one uh, A install an ad blocker and and combat that but the issue uh, isn't related to either of those at all um, the issue is um, what happens when that data is either handed to sold or accidentally passed off uh, through uh, poor security to uh, m malicious entities. If, if a website has your name and the last four of your credit card number and that database gets compromised, um, they have not really enough information to do too much terrible stuff with it. If, however, a company has 26 gigabytes of information relating to your entire email history, every phone conversation you've had, all the numbers you've dialed, all your SMS texts, where you're standing at any one given time, what websites you're visiting, um, you can see where this becomes perhaps more of a problem. So 
when I when I think about this type of stuff, um, it never really is in the vein of I don't like the fact that they're building smarter advertisements uh, against me. I don't. That doesn't concern me at all because I don't see any advertisements. That doesn't bother me in the least. Um, more power to them. If they want to burn up processor time on building a more perfect ad that I'll never see, I actually find some justice in that. But I don't like the fact that, and we have all read and, and seen hundreds of things where our information was passed to an entity that shouldn't have it um, time and time again. And that's what bothers me. That's what I don't like, and that's what I try to, in my mind, protect myself from to some degree. Um, so along that line, um, if you've got an Android phone, uh, if, you, if you have an iPhone, then you are a superior being and you don't you don't get to benefit from this because it's it's pretty much it is what it is and jailbreaking and stuff like that it's just almost comical in its futility with an iPhone but if you got an Android phone um, and you're not such a basement dweller kind of neckbeard entity person that uh, that you root your phone and install like an alternate operating system on it. We're going to step back from that so we don't lose quite the crowd because that's just not accessible to a lot of people. Uh, when you buy a carrier-provided phone, like from Verizon or AT&T, a lot of times they're, they're designed in such a way as to prohibit you from doing anything to change the operating system or to bypass certain restrictions uh, or gain certain uh, benefits or applications that they don't want you to have. So it's not always uh, feasible to say, you know, uh, wipe your phone and find a, a alternate operating system and just jump through the absurd number of hoops that you have to if your phone is even capable of it, so you can kind of control uh, what's going on in your phone. So let's give that a miss. That would That's a cool thing if you can do it and if you've got the hours to devote to, to doing that type of thing. But if you don't and you're on an Android phone, uh, take a look at uh, removing as much of Google as you can from your Android phone. So uh, when you start up your phone for the first time or you do a factory reset and you do the setup and it asks you your language and stuff like that, and then like the fourth or fifth window, it asks you to uh, log in with your Google account, which just does a, a ton of things happen when you do that and some of them are for your benefit like uh, restoring apps uh, texts signing into your gmail so you've got everything and then uh, a lot of it happens for the benefit uh, of google's side of things where you know it identifies you and associates um, you with another device and and just uh, does a lot of things in the background that you're both aware of and, and quite unaware of. So the first thing you need to realize when you do something like this is that you're going to lose that convenience and it's, it's always the same thing. You trade uh, convenience for a little bit more uh, data obscurity or retention maybe. Um, at least concerning Google in this case. You're still handing it off if you send a text. It's still going through different channels and stuff or an email. But, you know, if you don't associate your Google account with that phone, then, of course, that kind of stays dark. But you have to keep in mind that not only are you losing a lot of that kind of um, cohesion between the, the apps and stuff, but you're also losing some apps 
full stop. If you can't log into a, a Google account, then of course certain Google apps aren't going to work. Others will. There are certain apps that will continue to work uh, even when you don't do, but, the, but there will be some that just are dead in the water because you don't sign into a Google account. But it's something to think about. Um, if you take a look at it, you can you can kind of see where uh, it it's just the act of stripping that from your phone, uh, removing and disabling those apps and not signing in. It gives you, if nothing else, uh, a, a better idea of how deep Google has their fingers in your pie, which is just such a worse analogy than I thought that was going to be. I apologize for that. Um, but nonetheless, uh, turn your phone on. Um, if you ever need to do a factory reset and you've got a spare half hour, uh, opt at least the first one uh, to not sign in and just get an idea of what you lose. And then um, if, if it's not to your liking, you just hit that factory reset link again and, uh, and embrace uh, all of Google's Googliness. Uh, the second time around, but uh, it's uh, it's it's an eye opener. And with that, that's all I've got. It's uh, almost another. I, I'm proud of myself. I managed to talk to myself for almost an hour, and I haven't stabbed myself in the eye or anything. So uh, with that, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday. And remember. To follow Schwim the 100 Air on Instagram, where I will be chewing on pill bottles, acting like I'm running and sniffing my armpits all at the same time for a fraction of the price of those other so called influencers. Schwim the 100 Air on Instagram. When I shoot you in your neck, the noise gon' play.